Welcome to Bread and Poppies, where we discuss why drugs are good, capitalism is bad, and what to do about it. Hi, welcome back to Bread and Poppies. So as promised, this week I have a guest here with me. Um, this is Gons. Hola. Hi. Hey there. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Well, uh, you already said I'm Gons. Uh, I don't want to say my full name. Pardon me for my accent. So I'm just a working class Mexican Canadian. Born in Mexico, living in Canada now. I'm very interested in politics and very, very interested in drug harm reduction. Yeah. yeah, so we we talk about politics a lot, and I feel like it's more interesting um, having a conversation about these things than just talking about it myself, so we're going to see how this goes. Um, yeah, so Super Tuesday this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I have mixed feelings because on one side I see the media like overrating what Biden did when you just have like a third of the states that just voted and they are already kind of like, you can even see articles saying, oh, he's going to get a majority, not even a plurality. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, they're going to run with any possible narrative that they can. Uh, they, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of stressful and anticlimactic, but you know what? They did the same thing on Super Tuesday that they did uh, in Iowa, which was like have the results just trickle out and like, all the stuff that Biden won, they they had it come out right away. But then the stuff that Bernie was winning, they were like, oh, we still have to count and everything. <laughs> so it was like super anticlimactic. So at the beginning, it seemed like Biden was like really blowing it out. And now that most um, most of the delegates have been counted, it's actually really close. But be- it allowed that media narrative to, to yeah. start right away um, yeah. to make it seem well, like it, it was a blowout. And that, But that's the part that concerns me because... Even when it's close, but it's still like 60 or 70 delegates, the difference. Mm-hmm. And my concern is that then you still have Pennsylvania, that Biden is from Pennsylvania. Mm. And then you still have Florida, that I think that Florida is going to be like bad for Sanders with all like... Wait, the... are you from Pennsylvania? I thought you were from Delaware. Were you from Pennsylvania? Or, uh, I Or he... I saw something like when I was like... I don't know, to whatever. Him in Pennsylvania or whatever. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's not, but... I don't know why I've been reading like a lot about like Pennsylvania being one of the places where he's going to like do amazing. Yeah. And Florida because the Florida is full have... of rich Cubans. Yeah, so <laughs> that fleed the revolution. They are really going to buy the communist propaganda there, like Yeah. And you have New York, that New York is a state that is not an open primary. You have to be right. a Democrat registered. Right. And so, like, I'm worried, like, how difficult are they going to make it for new people and young people to raise their yeah. and how much they are going to live Yeah, because I haven't really been seeing um, uh, people talk about registering people in New York. So I don't know how far in advance you have to do that or whether registration is closed or whether you can do it, you know, um, the day of. I don't know how any of that works, but I would hope yeah. that um, that's, you know a big part of their strategy there yeah but um yeah so i think you know what on the super tuesday i was um feeling a lot of anxiety um but ever since then uh i've been feeling better and better as we kind of get more information and and see that they're actually really close and also i wonder why (laughs) um well yeah today obviously something very good happened but um uh, it's, it's also just the fact that I, f- I feel like my expectations have been, uh, tempered a bit because I feel like after his early wins, we were riding so high that we were like, fuck yeah, he's going to win all the 50 states. Like, this is going to be great. It's going to be easy. We're going to sail the nomination. And so I think a lot of our expectations got really high up. Um, and so him not winning everything kind of felt yeah. like a blow but if you if you think about it yeah. he's a socialist yeah just looking at the movement like tied. we got into the idea that oh it's already his also the problem here that i see is that the democrats already learned from what happened four years ago five years ago 
to the Republicans, that they were still like divided and they and uh, Trump kept carry on, carry right, on, yeah. carry on, carry on. And when they tried to do something, it was too late. Yeah. So Democrats this time, they, they learned about it and they were like, wait, you know what? Budishek drop out, Klobuchar yeah. drop out. Let's consolidate. Let's consolidate because if not, we are going to be in the same situation that the Republicans were yeah. years ago. It's and just going to split all the vote. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's it's a bit of a desperate move because and it's a double edged sword because like yeah they consolidate the vote but it also means that we're you know Bernie's campaign and his supporters and Bernie himself are no longer distracted by like seven different candidates that they're trying to. You know, yeah. explain why all of those those candidates are bad. Now it's just one really bad candidate, and all of our energy now is focused on Biden. We don't have to worry about the Rat King anymore. We don't have to worry about, you know, um, any anybody else. So, but, but he's the one who can beat Trump. Remember, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I this whole narrative of who can beat Trump. I mean, and and it's something that Biden's really pushing too, because if you actually look at Biden's policies, like he barely has any. It's just <laughs> like um, Tim Tim Faust just posted sort of an analysis of his healthcare policy, because Tim Tim Faust is a, a healthcare policy expert, and um, he, he just it's it's nothing. He says it's worse than Buttigieg's plan. Like yeah, it's, and Greenpeace gave him a D a mark. Marga yeah, D for like his environmental policies. Mm -hmm. The sunrise, the sunrise movement gave him an F. So his policies are garbage. But what what Biden's been doing from the start is kind of pretending that his campaign is it's already a race of him versus Trump. Like he's he's just focusing so much on Trump that it's making it seem like oh he's the one to beat Trump. Like he's already yeah. focused on that race. So they are using people's fear. And people are voting more like based on fear mm -hmm. that they don't want Trump there anymore. And when they, because you saw it this this Super Tuesday that last minute vote they went to Biden because people were like, Oh, I don't know what to do. You know what? Let's go for this bad option, but we think that is the safe option. Mm hmm Yeah, exactly. And um Yeah, and, and it's also, once again, which happens so often, especially in a two-party system or, you know, in a, in a first-past-the-post system as opposed to a ranked ballot, um, which would be more democratic, is people are voting based on what they think other people want. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not voting for the candidate that they want to be president. They're voting for the candidate that they think other people will elect. So it's like, but they're, yeah, it's... Which, which, like you, you said, it's it's sort of like an effective motivation. It's based on fear because they're afraid of Trump, rightfully so. Um, but, uh, yeah, we need to be able to convince people that Bernie can beat Trump because he can. Like, the polling says that he can. It's, it's all the data is there. But um, I don't know where exactly this narrative is coming from that he can't beat him other yeah, than, you know, shithead media centrists yeah. who are... And I also hear, like, a lot of, like stuff about like Obama being behind the scenes he doesn't want to like yeah. show his face but being behind the scenes and I have seen like pictures of things saying that he's the one who went to see Beto Rourke and told him you have to endorse him and that Obama was the one that told Klobuchar and Buttigieg you have to drop out and you are going with Biden yeah I don't know how I feel about all this these this sort of speculation about <laughs> Obama behind the scenes cause I find it so funny because it's like I, I, don't, I don't know what to make about it well that's a, it, like it's it's compelling but it feels almost too like it feels like that's what, what like a lib would say if they were on our side like like oh it's all being orchestrated behind the scenes <laughs> by this one mastermind yeah. and it's like I don't think that yeah, he I don't think Obama cares that that much mm, to get that involved yeah. like, I think that I could see it being party leadership doing that but Obama himself I don't I don't know But yeah, I, well, something that I wonder talking about like these speculative things, things behind the scenes and rumors that you find on the internet is like if at some point Bernie and his campaign had a chat with the party and said like, I can be the one who can be the, who, who could unite us because so far we have never heard that from him or what you hear always is like what we know that he said and what is true. It's, he's against the establishment and he's against capitalism and all these things but I just wonder if at some point he like had a chat look I'm looking for these things but 
I also can be the one who like everybody can yeah. rally on and, I don't know and they just say like no so he just keeps like with yeah his I don't, it's it, the problem is that like Bernie is a uniter in terms of uniting the working class but yeah. like he's inherently like he acknowledges that there is there um you know like there's there's different class interests and you can't please capital <laughs> and labor at the same time like yeah. you just you can't do that so he's acknowledging that and so of course you like he's because and that's what the other that's what centrists do like that's the whole point of centrism and of of you know classic sort of liberal democrats is they pretend that labor and capital are not in conflict they pretend <laughs> that workers and their bosses are all kind of working towards the same goals and we all just want to get along and these everyone just wants to make a little money and like whatever and it's it's not true it's a fantasy it's a lie they tell workers so that workers don't rise up and take control <laughs> um so yeah. bernie's so and that's that's why so they're gonna call bernie a divider or whatever but he's just acknowledging reality and they like they're dividers as well because they're yeah. obviously always gonna prefer capital over the working class but yeah like i I would even say that they would prefer even like Trump staying there for more years than oh yeah the ones Bernie. who so, are in the power of like yeah, so that's, the party. that's the reason why I don't buy this thing about like oh I think Bernie maybe at some point tried to chat with them about being the no they hate one, him they'll now. never because like he wants to get rid of them because oh, you were they're talking. beholden to corporate interests that's the whole thing like if if they are getting money from corporations which is a a thing that Democrats didn't used to do, they started to do that, I, I want to say in the 70s and 80s, like they realized that, that um, to, to, and especially I think in the 90s, I'm not totally sure about the history, but like there was a, at some point in order to compete with the GOP, they realized that they needed to take corporate, well, they didn't need to take corporate money, but they kind of abandoned unions and said, we're just going to take corporate money and... Yeah, that's when that began. So, yeah, so I think that it's it's important to remember that Bernie's up against a lot. He's up against the entire media establishment that desperately does not want him to succeed, which I and I think that that was the biggest lesson from Tuesday was because the most outrageous parts were were states that Biden won where he spent like 6,000 and 10,000. Six, yeah, like $6,000 and fucking won the state like that's absurd though uh i don't know i want to say minnesota but i don't remember exactly which one but there was a state that he won without visiting it a single time yeah didn't like even he, go. Didn't, he didn't even go Just a single name time. recognition and like obama like good good memories and and you have to say also like klobuchar and Buttigieg endorsement because minnesota that's klobuchar's state true so yeah that's how um but yeah, and but I think somebody calculated that Biden may not have spent much of his own campaign money, but he received something like forty-seven million dollars worth of free media airtime and like positive <laughs> media coverage because that's basically like CNN and MSNBC's way of donating to centrist campaigns is just yeah, giving and them positive if coverage. You account that Bernie's money has to be like to campaign, and not only that, that CNN. And all the MSNBC are against him. So that's publicity that Biden gets for free. Because mm -hmm. just by the media attacking his competitor. So that really yeah. sucks. But yeah, so, so... But going back to the good news and where you were happy today. Oh yeah, so, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to, like, gloat too much. Because, you know, um, don't want to be a, a sore winner. Um in this sort of uh, progressive uh, race to see which progressive was actually going to do well. But today... And, and I'd rather Warren, keep my expectations low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was something I wanted to talk about with you uh, in a bit. Um, pessimism versus optimism. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Warren dropped out today. So that was actually... Um, that was I was pleased to hear that because, you know, um, you know all respect to Warren... Um, but she wasn't doing well and all she was doing was siphoning votes, um, yeah. away from Bernie. So, 
it's, I, I mean, and it's obviously not to assume that all of Warren's supporters would just go to Bernie, but a fair few of them, especially when Biden is the only other candidate. Not all, but the, when you have Biden and you have Bernie, definitely there will be more going to Bernie than Biden. Yeah, I and mean, I you think can't that really call be... yourself progressive if you look at Biden, yeah. Biden and Bernie and decide, nah, yeah, I'm going to go with Biden. And it will be just enough that I think that if she drops out before Super Tuesday, Bernie had won Massachusetts and Bernie will have won Texas too. And like, I don't yeah. think that he will have won <laughs> the those timing, The timing is frustrating. Thank God that Bloomberg was in the race oh. enough to steal some delegates. <laughs> you know, I never thought I'd be be thankful for him being in the race. This fucking piece of shit, but Mini uh, Mike of Trump's yeah, yeah, Mini Mike, thank you. All all credit to you for just like wasting half a billion dollars on stealing some delegates from Biden and then dropping out. That's crazy. That like when you see the amount of money that he spent. It's unreal. And and, yeah. and then you want you wonder why, like, you have a m movement like Bernie when we are, like, tired of seeing these millionaires doing whatever they want. Yeah, like, and, and honestly, like, it's, I, I hope that if nothing else, Bloomberg's candidacy, it was able to enlighten some people as to how much a billion dollars really is let alone 60 billion dollars that he's worth like he the amount of money has he spent on his campaign it would be the equivalent of of me like throwing a nickel <laughs> in the gutter like it, it means nothing to him it's literally just the interest that his own money makes in like a month or something yeah. is what he spent on this campaign it means nothing to him it means exactly as much to bloomberg as any of our lives do, which is precisely nothing. And so th the idea that a person could have that much power and just wade into a presidential race for the most important, the, the most powerful position in the world and just toss money at it and come in a third, you know, is, it's abhorrent. It's like nobody should see that and think yeah that's that's fine that's a healthy system that's normal that's there's no problems with that like, talking about a healthy system you see how corrupt that is but when he was allowed to be in the debate that was like oh yeah exactly like you know i'm i'm just i'm gonna stay neutral on tulsi because like i don't just, <laughs> I, just, I just i have no time for her but um, I, cause there's just, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad and it all just seems to cancel each other out. But, um, but she, they wouldn't let her in the debates and, and they'll let him in the, the debates. They did all sorts of like sneaky stuff to keep, uh, Mike Gravel from being in the debates. Like there's, uh, you know, I think, um, uh, Julian Castro had, had troubles with it. There was all sorts of candidates that honestly could have could have brought some value to the debates instead of this fucking sniveling four foot tall like just absolute sociopath there was a video oh i don't know if i showed you this video there was a video that was going around of him going into, into like a, a thing of muffins or something and like licking all of his fingers <laughs> and then like going in again and like pulling off some crust and then like licking like literally like smacking his fingers uh -huh. like somebody who's never been told in his entire life that he shouldn't do something and then just like touching stuff and it's oh. like he's the fucking coronavirus yeah. candidate it's like it was so gross and talking and about this piece of shit was able to buy his way onto the debate stage I'm talking it's... about him being in the debate at least at least it was like fun to see warren destroy him yeah that debate. was pretty satisfying that was that was the good debate <laughs> that was the only good debate and that was you know, you know, power to her um, for for doing that. I've seen a lot of people giving her entire credit for ruining his candidacy, which is <laughs> not true. He no. would still be in the race if Biden wasn't doing well. The only reason he dropped out is because there's somebody else to challenge Bernie. But and also like Benjamin Dixon, uh, who is a is a journalist, he was the first one to break uh, a, a a big. Um, story about about bloomberg uh talking about stop and frisk and and yeah there's lots of different factors that went into to bloomberg but um i gotta say just as, in terms of just like visceral satisfaction watching <laughs> warren tear him to shreds was and really nice now i have to ask you like do you think that bernie will take warren as 
his vice president if she says like i will endorse you but during their like negotiations she asked for that i really don't know i've seen a lot of speculation on this i mean she wouldn't be my first choice to be his vice president i don't like i, I always talk about nina turner i don't even know if she has enough support for that to make a huge difference i think it would be a pretty good strategic pick i think it has i think he has to pick a woman um which is kind of exciting that's why i talk about nina turner about. Yeah, Nina Turner would be would be amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few there's a few options. I think Elizabeth Warren wouldn't be the worst choice. I just have a personal my my theory about it is that I think that he needs to pick a vice president that's m at, at at least as leftist as he is, if not more, because <laughs> that if, he has to cover himself. Yeah, like literally for his own protection because of his vice president who is one bullet away from becoming president is more to the right than him than all of you know there's going to be a lot of motivation as it were to make that person president instead even if it's just via some sort of trumped up imp impeachment hearings or whatever so i think it needs to be somebody more to his left um or with the exact same agenda as him for his own sake, but um, there's arguments to be made for, for Warren being a good pick. Yeah, one one of the reasons, or arguments, I don't know, pardon my English here, but it's one fine. of the... Anyone like, who has a problem with your English <laughs> can go fuck themselves. So one, one of the racist. reasons, because what I would see, like, worth it is because right now she's, like, she's in everybody's uh, talk, and she's, like, on media everybody she was on the debate so she's like a very like public figure right now and it also like bernie could use a different narrative that he has not shown so far that is like look i i can bring different people with different views mm -hmm. i can bring them to my campaign and he can he can yeah. say that he that 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 he's the one who made her come there that, that he didn't go to ask for it i don't know if i'm presenting yeah, that I mean, it, it and certainly then like would be kind of like to show like yeah that yeah. he can that he can unite that he's a compromiser and all all that stuff i mean it's and it's funny because i was not going to too much i was not trying to say that he's the one compromising what i'm trying to describe is that he can show that other people oh can, want to work with him yeah right. that, okay. that's what i'm yeah. trying to say like yeah, he can say true. look like, because you can chat with her about that if that, that's agreement she can just like agree to say that that's how it happened and then like yeah and i mean it's it kind of it harkens back to the whole discourse around uh joe rogan when he he didn't really endorse bernie but he said that he would probably vote for him everyone flipped out because joe rogan has like platformed some bad people and said some transphobic things in the past although um you know i i think that he's not as bad as a lot of people make him out to be he's yeah anyways we don't have to get into <laughs> to joe rogan i'm not gonna defend him but i'm also yeah i'm not um yeah whatever but he uh the, the the whole there was a bunch of people wanting bernie to disown joe rogan or denounce him or whatever um but the the thing is that bernie didn't like platform joe rogan he didn't endorse joe rogan's ideas he didn't yeah. he didn't give you know joe rogan space to to spout his own beliefs about dmt fucking machine elves or whatever the, the one thing that he did that people didn't like was was actually um promote his quote-unquote endorsement on bernie's twitter page which people thought was maybe misguided but um anyways the, the way this connects is that um the the reason that Endo rogan's endorsement was good was that he bernie didn't compromise anything to get that bernie's just like this is my program these are my these beliefs are my policies. Yeah. take him or leave him and joe said yeah i'll take it yeah and so you're he wasn't saying like oh joe if you endorse me like i i'll you know i'll be more transphobic or something like that but <laughs> bernie did not compromise on his beliefs. Yeah. so if yeah so you're right if he if he could get warren on board and show yeah i can work with these people but also these people want to work with me and I'm not going to compromise on my values, on my platform. 
Um, but I am absolutely willing to work with other people if they want to get stuff done. And look, they they're on board with yeah. with me. Which is a problem because the last few weeks, Elizabeth Warren was like mean towards Bernie, and you had like the hot Even mic tonight. and all these things. So. Yeah, like an hour ago, she was kind of like trashing him for the whole like oh Bernie bro supporter is yeah, online so thing on, on MSNBC. So it, I see difficult. I see that difficult. But at least I hope she doesn't endorse Joe Biden because then like that. <gasps> I wish that I had like, I think one thing that's happened throughout this whole primary process is that I'm trying to like guess and predict less um, because it's just <laughs> there's just been a lot of um, unpredictability with this whole race. But um, I it would suck if she endorsed Biden. I mean, it would just be proof that she's not a real progressive mm, and that yeah. she doesn't actually care and that you know her well, commitment she, to being a capitalist to her bones is stronger than she any voted commitment for reagan to, well she yeah she was a republican she, she was a republican until like 15 years ago so but like you know all, everything that she claims now about wanting her agenda to be enacted if she endorsed biden it would just mean the whole thing is a farce the whole thing's a lie she cares more about her own career and just yeah. about maintaining capitalism than she does about ending climate change or helping people or helping yeah. families not be separated at the border like which is something that I applaud from Ilhan Omar Rashida Tlaib Queens. AOC Queens. because they like they were like yeah we endorse Bernie like mm -hmm. we don't care about like what the establishment yeah no they're they're the new generation I mean it's it's amazing to think that there's only this handful of them um, <laughs> in Congress because any one of them would make amazing vice presidents or presidents, but like they're they're still quite young. And I think there is a, an age. I think it has to be like thirty five well, yeah, years the thing. and older. Like AOC, or whatever, like she can't actually mm. be his vice president because she's legally too young. But um, you know, and and in a few years, we're set up with and especially with this new sort of wave of progressives who are who are prime primary and corporate Dems, we're going to be set up um, in a few years with some really good options. But right now, we there's basically like this old socialist, and then there was nobody for years and years and years, and now there's a young generation. So, yeah. And another funny thing I find here is how like we are calling them like left wing, we are calling them radicals. But if you go to Denmark, if you go to Canada, like mm -hmm. bring Bernie here and say that his campaign is going to be on medical for all and legalize just weed and that, yeah. and I'm like, that's what. Trudeau is doing like that's yeah the, the, and Trudeau, Trudeau is sucks. like and he's like a centrist here in Canada so yeah, it's like it's he's true just, so it's, it's although I mean there's it's interesting because there are parts of Bernie's platform that are more progressive than what we even have here like his Medicare for all covers dental and mental health care and we don't have that here in Canada um, and we should it's it's been uh, pushed for by the NDP and and by you know um, progressive activists what they call head to toe healthcare because it's true in Canada it's like our healthcare is is really amazing it's really good Americans who are listening to this don't let anyone convince you that um, Canadian healthcare isn't good it's not perfect but it's pretty great um, but if you break your arm bone you can go in and get it fixed for free but if you break your any of the bones in like your teeth <laughs> you can't you have to pay for that and so it's like there's just these these like 32 special bones or however many teeth you have and those aren't covered by healthcare and it just it doesn't make any sense yeah. um yeah and so but yeah but your your point stands uh in in terms of like bernie like the, the overton window of what is left and right is so far to the right in the u.s that it's yeah. like bernie seems like a communist even though <laughs> like in most social democracies he'd be just like yeah this is reasonable yeah like i have not here saying anything about like oh let's get rid of first pass votes or like things like that, that yeah the first pass post um voting yeah i electoral reform is an interesting one because it seems to be like it's so difficult to implement apparently <laughs> like yeah. it's but every time there's an election in the U.S., like, it's it's just a shit show nightmare. Like, I can't imagine waiting four hours to vote. Like, I've voted a bunch of times in Canada, 
And the longest I ever waited in line was a couple years ago when I was at Western University and there was a lineup. I waited for maybe 15 or 20 minutes yeah. and I was like, this is taking forever. Like, I have to say that even in Mexico, like in Mexico, like it's like... Is it quick to vote? Yeah, and it's everywhere. It's like there's so many places and like I heard a university, I don't remember if it was in Texas or UCLA, that it was just like a single post yeah. there for like 40,000 people. <laughs> 40,000 students. Yeah, but yeah. And yeah, and like, yeah, in Canada, usually I just kind of walk in and maybe I wait for like one person or whatever. But yeah, they just kind of send you there and you, you vote and it's always paper ballots. There's none of this bullshit like apps on an iPad or something that are going to break. It's just paper ballots. I mean, in in and, and that's not to say that Canada doesn't have its share of election problems and corruption. And, you know, we've, we've tried to get electoral reform here and and. There's a lot of conservatives who don't want that because everybody knows... Because they know that they will never get elected again. Yeah, exactly. Like, everybody knows that the more democratic the system, the more left-wing, um, generally, uh, the, the results end up being, with some sort of exceptions of, like, it ends up being polarizing in some ways. Like, you can have sort of, like, the Nazi party get some, uh, get some <laughs> seats, but also, like, the Socialist Party will get way more seats. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've talked before. It might be good to to have you on an episode sometime to talk more about elections in Mexico because you've told me some interesting things about oh, it's a, it's corruption, a, like in terms of just like paying it, people to oh yeah, vote like, and, yeah, and it's a carnival like during like uh, campaigning time. It's like you were there doing campaigns. Like, yeah, it's a carnival and it's like corruption there is very different from here because it's like it's very like palpable mm, like yeah it's it's way more out in the open like yeah in, in so the it's u.s like, canada corruption is kind of like yeah a few steps removed but in it's mexico basically it's literally like, like you here's go, some money like, yeah i'm here here's the money go and vote for this one and then like the paying for like the what they call in u.s like captains mm. when they're like captains that you have in like like they're oh, like, like precinct captains or yeah whatever, and yeah. things like that when told so that when they are counting if let's say you are the representative for this party but they you already got paid mm -hmm. so when you're counting if you count one two and then like you pass like five votes and you say three and like mm, and right, yeah. things like that oh yeah there was like videos of that of I, yeah just, like, i showed you once a video yeah. that this was the opposite this guy when he's just like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten like yeah. uh, and he just keep racking numbers and you see the papers are not moving and and everybody around him is like wait are you guys not seeing what this guy is doing yeah yeah, yeah and but going back to bernie i want to know your opinion about he decided today that he's not going to mississippi and mm -hmm. he's going to michigan mm -hmm. So that in a certain point, I understand it because Michigan is the state that gives the most delegates mm -hmm. from for the upcoming primary. Mississippi gives less delegates than Michigan, so I understand part. But then I've seen some Bernie supporters being a little bit mad because he's kind of like, oh, why you, are you conceding all these like southern states with black people? Why are you just conceding them to Joe Biden? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not great, but I, I, I would trust the campaign that they have kind of done those calculations and figured like, it's just not worth the time if the polling is so far in Biden's favor that they only have so much time and resources to put yeah. into different states. Then, then I would assume that they would kind of go for the the winnable ones. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's. I don't know. It's I, I I hope the Michigan strategy works out, and it looks like there are a bunch of states that are that are in play. If they just decided that no, you know, this one in particular is just not gonna work out for us, then like yeah. Michael Moore should go there with him because. He... Yeah, Michael Moore has been doing an amazing job as a as a campaign surrogate, and yeah, um, yeah, he must be all over Michigan right now talking yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Um, just to move on to the topic of drugs for a minute, um, 
yeah this is something that's happening in mexico right yeah that's what i want to talk about it so we'll report from down so, south yeah so this week the mexican senate approved this bill to legalize recreational use of marijuana uh, it's interesting because what they want is to legalize it not just decriminalize it and if they do that this will be by population this will be the country with the largest adult use program in the world oh interesting yeah because right? Yeah, right now it's just canada and uruguay yeah um, which are pretty small countries yeah so it will be and it's so uh, until now in mexico is uh, decriminalized uh, until five grams They want to legalize it, and they want to make it until 28 grams. Wow. Are they, are, so are they planning on um, like setting up dispensaries and like setting up a legal system? That's a problem. That The two problems is that they are running out of time because the Supreme Court give them, gave them a deadline. The deadline was April 30. Mm. So they they have until that time to like finish everything. And That's kind of stupid. Can they apply for an extension? I have no idea how that works. How yeah. why the Supreme Court would give that? Like Canada a had to, took like an extra yeah ye six months or a year or more than they thought they would just to iron out all the details. Yeah, so I'm happy about it because it will be a huge tax revenue. Yeah, them. Well, and, yeah, and, and, and right now, the impact on the right now, having a party that that all their platform was based on like socialism even though they are not doing nothing there about it but it was kind of like when obama won in the u.s mm -hmm. uh, but at least they they beat pre that is the the famous pri as everybody says it in english they beat but it the it has been so difficult for them to work it has been like so having all this money it will really help them to like to work mm -hmm. uh, so i really hope they pass it and one like very dumb thing that i keep finding is the people that voted against it are mainly from pan this like another mm. party and they say that they will keep voting against it because this will be a big mistake for mexico because you will just make it easy for like new generations to oh and God. i'm like oh this the is one of the most ignorant things i'm like I, I can go to anywhere in Mexico today and and I can find you. There are two things, weed and coke. I can mm -hmm. find you that like so, so fast. Yeah, like, it's easily. It's, it's so everywhere. easily. So I don't know why like these idiots keep thinking that. And they don't just read, read about facts and like what has happened in yeah, places. I mean, where it's, I don't know. I, I, I would like to know more about how it works in, in Mexico because I think the one important thing to remember is that um, it's easy for us to kind of go like, oh, these fucking idiots, like, they, just, they don't even realize, like, blah, 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 but, like, they know, like, they're not, it's not because they're dumb, it's because it, it protects their interests, and so there's yeah. a bunch of different reasons why. Yeah, one of the reasons is, like, like that they know that for all generations, they they are going to keep the boats by saying we are against it mm -hmm. look look yeah, at these other like parties hard on crime. yeah look at these parties they they what, what are we going to they want your kids to are we going to let the cartel ruins us and yeah. things like that when it's the opposite but yeah that's one of the interest another interest is as i said because leaving this new party that is in power right now giving them and he has been there for just one year and so giving them their all these years with all that revenue it it will be huge for them and if they can show some progress they know that then the next term they uh, it will right, be difficult yeah. for them so that's which is funny that the liberal party in canada squandered all of the goodwill that they should have had from legalizing cannabis because legalizing cannabis was huge like it was a big deal i know we kind of hate trudeau and the liberal party but like <laughs> credit where credit is due that was an amazing accomplishment Yeah, and they squandered all their goodwill by like completely just trashing the environment and bringing in pipelines and <laughs> you know just violently attacking indigenous land offenders and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, but um, that's yeah, and another interesting thing going on right now in Mexico, the the last few months have been like very bad in 
violence against women. Right. Oh, yeah. I wanted you to talk so about that. So on March 9th, yeah, on March 9th, there is this feminist protest where women are not going to go to work. Uh, a lot of like governmental institutions already like told them it's okay. You can take the day off as a protest. So this is really good because it's a it's a country that is very far behind when you talk about these issues. Like, mm -hmm. like I have seen some videos when there are like these university professors, like the typical Jordan Peterson here in fucking Canada, mm -hmm. talking about like there is no feminicide. There is only like a homicide because for the law, human and uh, it's human. It's men and women are equal, so it's just a homicide. I just saw this video this week, and I'm like, oh fuck, and then you see like. Like, even young generations are still like, yeah, yeah, what this guy is saying makes so much sense. Yeah, like, why, what, do, do women now want to have more power? They already have more privileges and, ah, uh, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's one it's, thing that is very depressing for me when I see it in Mexico. Yeah, yeah like, we've talked a lot about um, racism and homophobia in Mexico, which are both pretty bad, but uh, misogyny is kind of another level yeah um. so yeah that's interesting i'm happy about it uh, uh it's so, so there's a protest on march 9 but there's been a series of them already there has been like a lot of protests lately uh, the main thing that men complain about it and it's always the like oh it's okay that you protest but not that way oh, typical, the typical yeah. because they are they are going and destroying monuments and things like that mm -hmm. yeah it's true that there have been like certain times when a few of them get out a little bit of that and get violent against like other people that were walking by or like a random like private store grocery store that was there and they just went and like destroyed but at the same time this has been always how things are done in mexico like People in power pay five or ten women to go and make some like extra really? like this, this to discredit to them? no not yeah exactly to go look I'm going to pay you you are going to use the same like purple shirt or green shirt that they are wearing and one when everybody is like all heated go and run against like wow. a car that is driving by and destroy it and then of course the ones that you see other people with with all the all the emotions that they have how they have been treated like women that have lost their daughters and all these things of course when they see they are like oh fuck it i'm just going to yeah like this riots too. are a human phenomenon and yeah, there's so, like there's a very famous quote um that i feel like an idiot for not remembering who fucking said it um but was it james baldwin Ugh, i can't remember a riot is the language of the unheard yeah um it might have been martin luther king well, I'm an idiot, but anyways, the quote <laughs> the quote stands on its own. Yeah, it, and something it's, it's pent up emotion yeah, related to what you are saying. Like a riot that doesn't cause a discomfort, the most minimum level of discomfort to anybody, it's going to accomplish nothing. Exactly. Like, like yeah, it's like the, the free to... speech zone in uh, the Arrested Development episode <laughs> where Lindsay is like protesting and they just put her in like a little cage. Like yeah, exactly. So like there has to be certain. This uh, discomfort or something yeah, only for like people to pay attention. Yeah, because when they have protest in a very pacifist is the word. Yeah. Yeah, pacifist way. You just see the memes on Facebook, the memes on Twitter, like mocking them, and so it's. I'm really happy about that. I have a vote. I have like male friends too, like in Mexico that yeah, they, they are of, like of on favor. Of of the actual like protesters, are there men there protesting in solidarity with the women? This is the thing. The, uh, most of these protests, this has been the other thing that how like the the media sometimes manipulates. Most of these protests, women have said we don't want men in this protest. Interesting. So then men is like, oh, if you're looking for equality, why are we not allowed to support you? If I'm one of your supporters, why? But if they are saying that, respect what they said. Mm -hmm. And if you go there, and if you got beaten by thousands of women that were there, it's your fault. Because they already said in the first place, we don't want men in our protest. There have been protests that, yeah, that, that 
the men that support feminism will, will go there. But there are other protests in Mexico that are happening where they have strictly said okay. we don't want men here. Right, yeah. And then That's interesting because to me I was thinking like they, they, if the men want to show up in solidarity, they should find some role for them, like put them behind the women yeah. or, or something. But Yeah, it's know. possible in some protests. But yeah, but, yeah I mean, obviously not going to um, cr- critique the methods of a bunch of um, organizers who are who are fighting for their lives. So... Um, yeah, if that's what they want to do, because, yeah, because I guess the, some of the protests, they've been doing kind of, like, symbolic stuff, like, like, um, uh, readings of, of poetry or, or, like, tape over their mouths and, like, all sorts of, like, kind of, like, uh, um, you know, performance, performance. Yeah, the, the performance, it, that one started in Chile with, like, a song that is becoming, you can even find, like, an electronic yeah. music, like, it's really good. version of that one. Yeah. That, yeah, and it's all, and, and it worked. It, 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 I'm happy about it. Like, this last few weeks, months, there was, a, like, a, a woman that ended up, her relationship with her boyfriend, her boyfriend was, like, a politician. This guy went, put throw acid on her face mm. and he's not spending any time in jail he's like completely free like oh my god really yeah and i think that she was going to like uh like when you when when it went to trial but you didn't appeal appeal right. yeah and all that yeah. yeah yeah so that was going to happen and then there has been like things that made me like super sad about like there was this case when this guy forced her wife to bring her uh, his wife yeah his wife to bring oh him oh god that case I don't want to talk about oh, okay, that case okay. yeah well so I'm just going upsetting. to say it quickly like this it's guy so upsetting. Uh, forced oh, his wife to bring him a little girl because if not he was going to rape his daughter her daughters and so this woman goes bring bring him and then once police start looking for her they uh, they found her dead and whatever but it just shows you like how like the the how the power that this guy had on his yeah wife that was a complicated like, case where yeah he was abusive and he had her under his control and manipulated her into doing this stuff but then she also did this stuff that was really bad but she was doing it to protect her own kids and but I, yeah. yeah it's a super messy case um i don't know you could probably find it if you wanted to anyone who's listening can google it i super don't want to talk about that because <laughs> yeah uh, if somebody children is like my super hard line it was a case that i i i cried uh, when i yeah. was like reading news and when i have been i had been following like what's still going on with these two guys after they got caught and it has made me it's cry. like one of the worst things i've God, ever heard of and it happened like a week ago yeah and if you want to google it just look like fatima fatima was the name of the kid yeah and you can anyways um, so yeah i'm it 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 always can be worse and there are countries where it's better and everything but like everybody has to do their work yeah, I mean, and, and that's the, the, the heartening thing about all of this is is the, the thing that kind of gives me hope and keeps me going is, yeah, seeing that people are fighting back. They're not giving up. You know, there's a lot of people discouraged after after the Super Tuesday results, but uh, it's you just have to keep going. Like, there's there's no other alternative. We can be, be sad for a minute that we're not... Um, in the lead but we should be happy that we're this close um with no corporate money and just completely a people-powered campaign against like the the power of the establishment is insane what they're doing like down to the last tiny detail of like like things like i saw on, on msnbc they the, the little details that they'll do to fuck over Bernie <laughs> are like ludicrous. So they had they they had um, they were showing at the bottom of the screen. They were showing like uh, sort of approval and disapproval ratings for each candidate. And so they would have like the green was approval rating, and then like the, this like ugly yellow was like a disapproval rating. And so they'd be like, 
Bloomberg is like the, mostly disapproval and a bit of approval and like that. And for Bernie's, they switched the colors. So even though Bernie's approval rating looked really high, it looked. But they changed it to. The they yellow. switched the sides for Bernie. <laughs> so it, all of a sudden, the approval and disapproval were on the other side. So, it, it, but your your brain uh, interprets it as yeah. this is a high disapproval, and it's it's just so fucking blatant the all of these little details the way that they try to fuck him over but still but still we're practically tied and <laughs> that is something to really really be happy about and and just use as motivation because if we just keep working hard enough you know um it, sign up to to text and call for bernie canvas if you can you guys are all heroes because, yeah, because this, is, this is all we can do because at the end if they we go no with choice. biden they are going to lose again like that, I, yeah. I, I, can, I can put money on that. Like Things they, are going to get worse. People are going to literally die. What, Thousands of people. What do they expect if they are throwing... They already had like the same in a women with a little bit better policies in Hillary and they lost. So yeah. what's going to be the end result? Like throwing they, a worse candidate this time. Yeah, it's not going to motivate people to go out and vote. Like, why would you bother to vote if your choices are between, like, old man dementia, number one. Not only dementia, and he's old a man creep. dementia, number two. He's a creep. Like, I, I, Yeah, Biden's also a creep. I mean, he's not a creep in, in such an intentional, malicious way as Trump is, but um, he, he... So, I don't know. I've been... Maybe we don't have to talk about this right now. I actually have some complicated thoughts about biden's creepiness because i think that it's less uh like you know all of these images of him touching women and getting in personal space i think it has more to do with his um uh sort of like power issues um because he's always being really aggressive to people who confront him and stuff like that but like this whole like like touching and squeezing shoulders of women and smelling their hair I don't see that as like a predatory sexual thing. I see it as a, as a, I'm a, a, a powerful man and this is just an, an infantilizing thing. Like he's, okay. he's treating women and girls like they're babies, literally. Yeah, because for me, the, the, I will understand that in a woman, but why doing it on a girl? That... Well, exactly, because he treats everybody like they're like they're a, a one or two year old that he just wants to like squeeze and cuddle because you're just like a little kid, but he does that to people that are not his own grandchildren and you know just random people. Part of it, I feel like I've seen some good arguments for it being evidence, increasing evidence of of dementia, but there's also videos of him doing it like ten, twenty years ago. So I don't know, maybe it is part of like, I... especially when you have like. Epstein and you have like what happened with Clinton and all and they yeah, they, they have the think... Democratic Party have like their yeah history. the Democratic Party in general is full of pedophiles allegedly uh, but definitely um, but I don't know I, I think it's it's hard to kind of articulate um, this particular style of of yeah. creepiness because and it's hard for me to articulate because I know it inherently because I've I've experienced that from older men yeah when i saw it uncomfortable I, I, I touching and that, yeah i don't yeah. but but there's a there's a a complex sort of gradient of like i can tell like this person's touching me because it's because it's it's sexualized and predatory versus Be because this like person the... just has no boundaries and they're just used to just touching and whatever and because, because it's it... an old white man that at that time they yeah and it, i mean it's and it's not to say that any of that's acceptable but it's to me there needs to be a difference between like explicitly predatory behavior versus this just general he gets in people's spaces like you can see it he's always like, like he's he's arguing yeah, with the guy he, and he's like he's like doing up his zipper and stuff there's like videos and he'll, he'll poke people in the chest he just generally is a is a is a touchy kind of guy because it's it's just like radiating his own yeah, kind of power and lack of like boundaries. If it is or if it's predatory or not or whatever, like this is going to be just like a feast for Trump and his oh, campaign yeah. no, to destroy totally. him. Exactly. Like and and everybody needs to get out of their heads immediately the idea that Trump would not do something because it makes him a hypocrite. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> this is the thing because Trump doesn't care if they say, oh, but you do the same. But then Trump can say, when have I said that I'm a good person? That's true. No. 
Like yeah. he doesn't give a shit. He yeah. goes, he's going to say like, hey, yeah, but I'm not you molest people and you like you talk the same way about women and then they say like, oh, but you do. And he's like, I'm, but yeah, but I'm not a hypocrite. I'm, I don't give a shit. And people are following me not because I have said that I'm a good people. People are following me because I'm against the establishment in a very different bad way. Yeah. And that, so he doesn't give a shit. He's going to say things that are the same things that he people are going to say about him, but it doesn't matter because he is. Yeah, because he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and because he he'll still be right. Yeah. Even though he's done equally bad shit and way worse shit, he's still correct when he's calling out Joe Biden's (laughs) bad shit. So. Yeah, and the same with like if he talks about if he Bloomberg was the one that was going to go against him. Oh yeah, Bloomberg was going to be the same case. Like he was going to say things that that is. You are like, oh wait, Trump, you are talking about him yourself, but he doesn't give a shit because he has he has not say like and i don't care i'm not i'm not trying to portray a different beautiful picture about myself yeah and the only candidate that he has no ammunition against is bernie because his only ammunition is going to say keep go- going with the oh he's a communist he's a communist and yeah that, but like every, but this, like is, this is the beautiful cheap. thing yeah it's it's a cheap it's a cheap insult but it's also the the right has has become the party who cried communist like they've they've tracked <laughs> themselves into a corner because They've been calling everybody communists. They've been, they called Obama a communist. Yep. They called Hillary Clinton a communist. They've been calling everyone <laughs> communist. So now when an actual leftist shows up and they're like, wait, no, no, but we mean it this time. This one's actually a socialist. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck because you've used that and it's completely lost all meaning and now it's too late. So, yeah. Um, so we should probably leave it there. Yeah. But um, yeah, thanks for joining me on this one. Oh, it's more you're fun welcome. to talk, yeah, talk and to someone directly. As a Mexican, I, I really hope that marijuana get legalized. Yeah, that would be amazing. And that would be amazing to see that and using that to educate people there. That that's what we need. Yeah, yeah, because there is a lot of stigma still there um, against cannabis, but it would make a big dent in the cartels um, and hopefully maybe open up the door for different forms of legalization. Yeah, especially so. because actually now that I remember, like right now it's the 100th anniversary of weed being illegal in Mexico. Oh, weed has been illegal in Mexico since 1920. Well, I do wish, remember that. Yeah. They made it I illegal before, before the, the US. US. They yeah, did. Exactly. There's a whole book called homegrown by um, somebody, Isaac, maybe Campos. Um, oh, I read it like two years ago for my PhD work. Um, I remember it being really interesting, uh, but then I um, got pregnant and didn't do any work for like two years and kind of forgot about what the book's about. But it's specifically about cannabis in Mexico and yeah, how um, it, it's important to recognize that U.S. drug policy does kind of like lead the way for other countries and they really dominate. But you have to also uh, recognize that um that it's not always everyone just following what the u.s yeah. does like countries have their own relationships to drugs and mexico went through a whole phase where they were like no Mag- weed is making people yeah. crazy so we're gonna make it illegal so yeah yeah anyways thanks yeah. thanks thanks for joining me uh thanks for listening everybody i hope you liked it there weren't as many uh musical transitions and stuff in this because it was mostly just our conversation next week i have lined up an interview uh with a researcher who researches and is part of furry culture and we talk about the intersection of of furry culture and leftism which i've always been really fascinated by because and and like i tell him uh at the beginning of our interview uh, i'm a weirdo I really relate to other weirdos and sort of counterculture, you know, um, freaks and geeks. So I've always been really interested in furry culture because of, of that sort of, um, you know, there's there's a lot of furry, furry communists online. By the way, your dad just remind me, people should go find this like video of Biden saying like, no, all these festivals we have to oh, shut yeah. them down. And we didn't no even raves. talk about that. Biden yeah. Biden made raves illegal. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna devote I'm gonna devote some some time to that next week for sure. That's a good reminder. Um, yeah. God, he sucks. Um, 
anyways yeah so so next week i have a good good interesting interview with an anthropologist who studies furry culture and um yeah so thanks thanks for listening this episode went a bit longer than normal but i hope you enjoyed this this different format i definitely love some feedback because i can have guns back uh on the podcast anytime uh and yeah so thanks for listening uh, I think as a podcaster, I am legally required to advertise my Patreon, so I have a Patreon. You can absolutely uh, subscribe. There's a few tiers that I'm kind of, uh, or, or, or whatever, like money money goals that once I get a bit more money, um, I can afford uh, some more childcare in order to, to kind of make some better content. But that's kind of a a long-term goal. I just wanted to throw it out there because I really appreciate all the people who support me in my work. And uh, it's it's really helpful to know that there are people who who value this work and want me to to keep doing it. And I have um, some some plans to make it more and better because we're all we've got as leftists. Uh, We don't have a lot of media. We're just kind of creating our own media ecosystem because... Obviously, we can't rely on the mainstream media to tell the truth about anything. I know it makes us sound like insane paranoid conspiracy theorists, but they're all out to get us, and uh, they want to they want to keep the world a shitty place that it is, and we're trying to make the world a better place. And so, all we have is each other and these these media ecosystems that we're creating. And so, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>